Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Tech Buzzers. Today, we have a relatively short and sweet episode for you as things gradually ramp down in preparation for Chinese New Year. We'll have one last episode for you next week before the entire Pandaily team and all of China takes off for the Year of the Pig celebrations. The Year of the Earth or Dirt Pig, Tuzhu, actually. So in that same spirit, we are going to talk about some of the dirty, risky, and more unseemly aspects of China tech, primarily focused on two stories that have grabbed headlines recently, the hack at Pinduoduo and the corruption scandal at DJI. There has actually been a slew of these, including one announced literally just now, as we're writing the episode, involving the co-founder and chief scientist of Roadstar.ai, an autonomous driving startup that raised a $128 million Series A last year. The guy apparently falsified results, accepted kickbacks, and withheld IP. Shady stuff. Although the incidents differ greatly from each other, they've come on each other's heels, and we thought, why not? Let's bundle them together for an episode because it's definitely what's buzzing within the tech community in China right now. Note, the stories we are going to talk about and the risks they represent are by no means unique to Chinese tech companies, but they do happen in this market with regularity. And whether you're an investor or entrepreneur, you might want to listen on and hopefully avoid their same fate. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. The president's key economic team goes to China. Uh, after a whole night thinking, I say I still want to do it. Hi, everyone. We are Tech Buzz China by Pan Daily. Powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We are a weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China. We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage so that you can be smarter about the world of China tech. Tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Ray Ma. And I'm your other co-host, Yingying Lu. We'd like to acknowledge our partners, Deal Street Asia and Sub China, creator of the Seneca Podcast Network. In addition to Tech Buzz, you can also find Seneca, which covers current affairs, Nui Voices on women, the business-oriented China Econ Talk, and the Caixin Seneca Business Brief from China's leading business magazine. Check these out. One last thing before we get started. If you enjoy listening to us, please take the time to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, 
Pinduoduo, if you'll remember, is the current darling of China e-commerce, having reached a valuation of $23 billion and an IPO on the Nasdaq within just three years of its founding. A story, by the way, that we detailed back in episode 17. It's a social e-commerce app that's founded by an ex-Google engineer and prides itself on being very engineering-focused, having iterated to the current product through trial and error rather than some genius intuition about retail. One of the reasons the CEO Colin Huang gave for even going IPO, if you'll remember, is, and I quote, We are a team of engineers, and we haven't dealt so much with the media. In order to establish our credibility, we need to go public. Going public allows us immediately to become more transparent. So imagine the utter embarrassment this past week when Pinduoduo lost millions of dollars to hackers who redeemed coupons for about $15 or 100 yuan each for just a few cents. Actually, about six cents if you want to be exact. These coupons were good for any item on the platform and were valid for one year. At one point, it was rumored that the platform lost over $3 billion in just a few hours, and users were actually wondering if the company would just go bankrupt at that point. Pinduoduo has since denied those rumors and insists that the actual losses will be less than $1.5 million. But what exactly happened here? Details are a bit confusing, but according to Pinduoduo, this wasn't a system vulnerability as widely reported, but a malicious attack. The team had created some special discount codes for audience members of a popular dating show that it partnered with and was sponsoring, and that code allowed for each registered phone number to receive one $15 coupon. Supposedly, these codes were not available anywhere online, and they were only promoted through this one and only offline channel, the TV show audience. But this was somehow discovered by Heihui Chantuandui, or hackers and other criminals, who used phone bot farms to fake accounts and get thousands of these coupons, which they redeemed immediately for QQ coins and prepaid phone cards, which are liquid and so easily exchanged for cash and have no expiration date. And then the rumor is that to cover up their tracks and muddle the situation, the hackers then spread the codes on the internet, where it quickly went viral in group chats of millennial coupon clippers. You see, a recent phenomenon in China, especially with all the subsidies that first banks and then consumer internet companies are constantly doling out, is that there is a new term that's cropped up. Yang Mao which is now internet slang referring to millennials and Gen Zers who are very tech-savvy deal hunters. I personally think this term, since it literally translates to pool wool, really means fleecing these internet companies. That's right. Instead of the consumer getting fleeced, it's the company getting fleeced. And that was the dominant headline when this Pinduoduo news came out. What's different this time is that Pinduoduo reported the incident to the police and do not intend on honoring the redeemed coupons. Unlike in the past, for example, when a bug on the China Eastern airline last November allowed customers to buy tickets for as low as $12, or when Tencent had a bug that allowed its video users to top up their subscription for substantially less than the face value. In these and many other instances, the company would just eat the losses for which Tencent in that one particular instance was about $7 million. Pinduoduo, however, is not budging in its refusal to honor the coupons and have unilaterally frozen the orders. 
The company's argument is that this was a targeted attack, and vulnerabilities in the system aside, the hackers are criminals and should be punished. While some customers are clamoring to be compensated, it's not clear that they have any legal grounds to do so. Meanwhile, Pinduoduo is offering a 75-cent voucher that doesn't expire for 50 years as an apology. And indeed, actual hacking carries with it a minimum five-year prison sentence in China. And even quote-unquote merely exploiting bugs can still result in a criminal prosecution. Disseminating such information can also lead to charges. Although unless you're doing it at scale, most people are probably just going to be asked to return their gains and won't need to serve any actual jail time. So what this Pinduoduo news really did was heighten the awareness of both entrepreneurs and consumers to the existence of a flourishing hacker and deal hunting community. Like anything else in China, where there are loopholes or a way to realize economic benefit, there are organized attempts to take advantage of them. Some of these operations are almost what I would call institutionalized. Of course, there are hackers who just rely on technical know-how to make money. These might include bot farms where illegal SIM cards often physically imported from Southeast Asian countries. Uh, other times they might be virtual are being used to register multiple fake accounts to get deals. But there are also some low-tech organizations, such as numerous QQ and WeChat groups, whereby users pay a membership fee, say $5 or so, to get access to deal announcements. And some, by the way, sell actual software hacks to these members for a higher fee. Some of these groups are tens of thousands in membership, and mostly consist of students or working professionals in these less developed cities. Once a deal is announced in the group, they can act quickly and swarm en masse. For companies, this can be a real problem because promotions that were meant to attract new users are taken up instead by these yang mao dang, or coupon clippers. So next time you see a Chinese company announce that their promotion was sold out in minutes or even seconds, be wary that they might have not all been scooped up by real fans, but instead by deal hunters who came in a swarm to get the smallest benefit. Now, luckily for Pinduoduo, the damage from this incident was limited, or so they say. The company seems to be weathering the storm well enough, and its stock price remains stable, with even a slight uptick the past few days. Or maybe the incident just didn't make as big of a splash in the market as it did in China. Especially around this time of year, when New Year's promotions are rampant, companies would do well to make sure that their well-intended campaigns are not abused for ill-gotten gains. Hey tech buzzers, a brief announcement here. We want to introduce you to Pandata, Pandaily's new database on Chinese tech companies. Pandata will give you a company's business overview, employee count, founding date, other basic information, and of course, links to Pandaily's existing coverage on it. So there you go. Check out Pandata, your guide to China's tech world. On the other end of the spectrum, and unfolding with astonishing transparency, is another scandal that has rocked Chinese tech this week, which is the unearthing of over 1 billion RMB, that's $150 million or so, in losses due to internal corruption at leading drone maker DJI. What happened there? 
Well, this was a result of an anti-corruption investigation DJI launched late last year after accidentally uncovering large amounts of irregular activity while upgrading its management processes. That's right, accidentally discovered. There was no whistleblowing, and it could have just as easily gone on undetected for even longer. The probe found that a whole chain of corruption existed and included staff from the R&D department all the way to procurement, which if you think about it, makes sense because defrauding the company on this massive of a scale without detection probably involved some kind of cooperation, at least implicitly. Unlike in many other companies, DJI took an unusually public approach to disclosing this matter. Whereas with most companies, especially Chinese ones, would have remained mum on the subject, DJI sent out a letter to its staff, which by the way, now numbers 14,000 people around the globe. The letter starts off with expressing the management's frustration at having to resort to this public shaming because it's a huge embarrassment, especially in Chinese culture. But they were forced to because not only were the accused unrepentant, they apparently began to spread rumors inside the company. They claimed that they were being punished unfairly because of their long tenure and that this was a result of high-level political maneuverings, of which they were victims. Thus, the management felt that they had no choice but to air the dirty laundry. And although the version we saw had all the names blurred out, Supposedly, the original memo actually listed the names and departments of all those who have been found guilty, which is, again, remarkable transparency. And there were quite a few names listed. 29 people were immediately fired, and 16 were handed over to the authorities. The entire procurement department was turned over. Now, how, you ask, could this happen? Well, rather simply, it turns out. The most obvious way is for those who are in charge of procurement to team up with suppliers and quote DJI a higher than market price, and then splitting the additional profits. And if the suppliers didn't want to do this, well, too bad. You would just make up some BS reason to kick out those who didn't want to play dirty with you, claim their technology was subpar, or just fiddle with the technical requirements somehow. Those who remained would give you long-term kickbacks. Or sometimes you did this by asking for prices that are so low that no normal supplier will participate. When only one supplier, the one who's colluding with you, remains, you guys then raise the prices to DJI by claiming monopoly for this component, and then you split the profits. The worst, though, in my opinion, is not overcharging DJI, which does have margin to spare after all, but using subpar suppliers. So this is where the R&D and Q&A departments come into play, where certain procurement folks were working with colleagues in these departments and purchasing from low-quality suppliers. Q&A, for example, would then forego testing the supplies and sign off on things that wouldn't have passed a real inspection. And finally, the fifth way you could have screwed over DJI is to set up a phony company with friends and award the contract to said fake company at a high price while subcontracting the business to an actual supplier and then pocketing the difference. I definitely knew of people who did this in other industries in China. While this was the most safe in terms of getting caught because the least number of parties are involved, there's often a mismatch in cash flow that makes it difficult to take advantage of very large orders. Ray, you are sounding too much of an expert on this. 
Well, let's just say that the first industry I worked in upon arriving in China back in 2007 was real estate investing. So, if you think DJI had many suppliers to manage, think about what goes into building a hotel or a mall. Definitely, there's so many ways unethical employees could take advantage of the situation. And unfortunately, many do. The head of my real estate group was jailed for five years on bribery charges for violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And I later on had an EMBA classmate who worked at Goodyear who was jailed for embezzlement. Yeah, I'm sure many of our listeners who do business in China or anywhere in the world really have some crazy stories to tell. Indeed, what's important to note here is that DJI management isn't naive. Corruption is a long-standing issue in China, especially within the manufacturing sector, where so many components and suppliers are touched. DJI had what it thought were sophisticated internal checks in place to minimize these risks, or what it called a protective firewall, such as price checking systems and workflows that required multiple bidders. But clearly, this system itself was compromised and circumvented. So even being well aware of the risks and having a system in place, DJI still ended up with this situation where, due to corruption, they were overpaying for the more expensive components in their drones by twenty to fifty percent, and the cheaper components they were being overcharged by two to three times. This means that all a hundred fifty million dollars lost was pure profit. This money could have been reinvested into the business or used to improve employee benefits, but went to line the pockets of dishonest employees instead. As consumers, though, how are we affected? Well, presumably DJI's prices could have been lowered. And the savings passed on if the material used were acquired at their real costs, not these inflated ones. Or maybe DJI would have just kept the profits, since it doesn't seem like their current pricing strategy has dampened their demand. But the real risk is that their drones are outfitted with subpar components, which could be dangerous, since they're making like what pretty advanced flying machines, after all. Company employees insist that this is not a real concern. Finished products are subject to strict quality assurance standards. I guess this must be a different team inspecting the materials when they come in, and the infiltration of inferior supplies supposedly just ate into DJI's bottom line by causing more so-called manufacturing defects and lowering the yield. By the way, these indirect costs are not being counted as part of the hundred fifty million dollars, meaning that true economic losses are probably even higher. So let's wrap this up and summarize for our listeners what we learned today. I think the first thing that strikes me, anyway, is that in the first story we talked about, which was Pinduoduo's coupon exploit, it shows that there is a whole heihui chanye or black-gray industry in China, whereby people are committing fraud at a massive scale. Whether that's through completely illegal methods such as hacking or through loosely organized interest groups of deal hunters. The end result is that businesses are getting scammed. This is definitely a risk you have to be aware of, either as an investor or an entrepreneur in China. And it's by no means restricted to tech. In fact, Starbucks China had a similar situation happen to them last December, and they also lost something like 1.5 million dollars. 
Right. And the second story, which I think was much scarier, of DJI uncovering widespread corruption in its supply chain to the tune of $150 million, shows us that even a decacorn that's known for its world-class quality with anti-corruption systems in place can be brought to its knees by a group of criminal employees. DJI is learning from the experience and says that it will remain vigilant and this anti-corruption task force will become a permanent fixture and that it expects to expose many other implicated employees in the months to come. It's hard to say whether the scandals in China Tech are getting more frequent, but it certainly feels that way because there seems to be a bit more transparency around the events when they do get reported or disclosed. Maybe for this, we can thank the sweeping anti-corruption campaigns the Chinese government has embarked on in the last few years. Just in the last three months alone, there have been many high-profile cases. In November, China's Craigslist, 58, turned in a handful of high-level executives for quote-unquote massive bribery to the police. DD confirmed that it dismissed 80 employees for 60 cases of corruption in 2018. In December, Mei Tuan announced that a senior executive in its food delivery business was under criminal investigation, as were 89 other employees. And the day after that, the head of Alibaba's entertainment unit was announced as being sacked and under investigation for corruption. What a string of announcements. Compare these news, though, to the lack of commentary when Baidu sacked eight executives a few years ago in an internal corruption probe, and also when its youngest VP ever, originally thought to be a successor to Robin Lee, resigned in 2016, also due to whispers of corruption. Baidu refused to confirm these news publicly. The optimistic view would be that even though it seems as if the pace of scandals is picking up, that's actually because there's more transparency in the system, which ultimately, we would hope, should lead to a better functioning business environment. The pessimistic view would be, well, that it's getting worse. That as the China tech world gets more complicated and there are more stakeholders and a lot more capital than before, it's going to be just as corrupt as the other industries in China. What do you think? Take our Twitter poll or email us and let us know. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, episodes will now be available every Friday instead of on Wednesdays. We really enjoyed putting this together, and we're always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at ThePanDaily, at TechBuzzChina, and my personal Twitter account is spelled G-I-N-Y-G-I-N-Y. And my Twitter is spelled R-U-I-M-A. We'll be back here the same time next week. Tech Buzz China by Pan Daily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Sha Wan and Kaiser Guo. 